Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rude, Crude, and Socially Unacceptable It's a Conscious Effort Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hardwick. Alongside me is Kendall Bratton. Kyla Green's over here behind the board. And on today's show, we have the Sheriff, Clayton Clark. He's the brand new IWAU Club Champion. And before we dive right in, I gotta let you know you can find every episode of the Conscious Effort Podcast at Conscious Effort Creative. And you can like us, you can follow us, you can subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And with that, let's get started with the show. Mr. Clark. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Doing well? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing very, very good. good. Super. I, uh, I got to admit, I am very like selfishly excited to have you here with us. Oh, I'm, I'm excited a, too. I've never done anything like it, so I'm it's a, nice to get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big, big pro wrestling yeah. fan, have been since I was a kid, and uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to get to talk mm-hmm. to you uh, as a young man yeah. in pro wrestling. On that note, I just saw you recently at the uh, Elite Pro Wrestling Show. Mm-hmm. There at uh, Washington. Yeah. Is that the uh, the National Guard Armory? Good turnout for yeah, the show. Yeah, it was amazing turnout. Nearly but, a sold out uh, crowd. You beat the crap out of my old bandmate, Damian I Baker. Did, yeah. Well, you know, he, he talks some mad talk, so you kind of have to put them in their place when they get about <laughs> like that. You know, it's just how it is. <laughs> How'd you guys get so crossways? Uh, I mean, uh, I met him probably a year and a half ago whenever me and No Joke Johnny Pope teamed up against a couple of guys at a local independent show. And he just kind of got to talk to me there. He said he wanted to work me. I didn't really think anything of it. And then I didn't really know who he was. And then he reached out to me, and I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll give you a match. And then kind of just led from there. Yeah, I see. I see. He uh, dipping his toes back in the uh, pro wrestling water. Yeah, he is. To, yeah, yeah. Had to teach him a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Bit off a little bit more than he could chew, but, you know, it's how it is. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you uh, did a real number on him. I uh, chatted with him afterward. He was a little, uh, little red, a little bruised. It's just, you know, when you step in the ring with the sheriff of Shotgun City, it's just how it is. I mean, laying down the law, I am the law, and he just realized that. I will say, you have a I very... I wish I had a gavel. <laughs> yeah. I am the law. Yeah, Judge Reddit, get some anthrax going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're all about. Yeah. in a mob. That's the pre-match ritual, just headphones on, anthrax, I am the law, there we go. Is that what gets you in, in the mood? It, it really does, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because you have a very authoritative, you know, persona in yeah. the ring like you don't hesitate to uh to put the crowd in their place no and that's what you have to do whenever you're a heel character or you're the bad guy in the sense you have to be the guy asserting dominance you have to be the general of the match and i've had a lot of good trainers help me really hone that craft and i'm still learning it i'm only two and a half years into my professional mm-hmm. career so i'm very thankful the strides i've made you said you're only two and a half years into your pro wrestling yeah. career. When did you start? Because you're, you're a young, young man. Yeah, I started, it was exactly two days after my 17th birthday. Okay. Yeah. So you jumped in real yeah. early. Yeah. Then COVID really slowed me down. I think I only had like eight matches in the year 2020. So ever since then, I've really, especially this year, I've already had more matches than I've ever had in just the start of the year. Oh, really? So I'm really happy with how I am this okay, year. Okay, so yeah. the, the ball is really starting yeah, rolling now. Yes, yes, things are definitely going now. The world's ba- getting back to kind of how it was mm. recovering, the wrestling world is, and I'm just here to enjoy the ride. And you won your first championship here recently. I did, yes, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, the, uh, the IWAU. Well, yeah, originally I wasn't even the match. There was a guy named Chris O'Brien, and me and Chris have kind of had some beef. We've honestly, every, anytime we're in the ring together, something just clicks. We have really good matches. And uh, I wanted to be in that match a lot, so I took Chris out <laughs> and inserted myself in the match. Would you, you jump him behind yeah, the scenes to know yeah. where he's looking? I, well, no, I jumped him on the way to the ring, and then they postponed the match to the end of the night, the main event. So you just kind of like took your own opportunity. I did, yes. And that's, you know, that's what you got to do. That's if, some brutal stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. So now, 
<laughs> what what does that mean to you to to win your first championship like this early in your career? Is that a normal thing for people that aren't in a pro wrestling world? Is that normal to win your first title in like two years? I mean, I'd I'd say it depends on the talent. Obviously, there's a lot more people more talented than me, but I'm happy within the area I at, I have been. I've definitely you know made bigger things happen at a younger age than most people. But I, that's all to the people I've been around. I have a great training group over at IWU in Noble, Illinois. I cannot thank them enough. They've really, once I got over there, that's really when I started honing my craft. So I just, I thank my trainers and everybody responsible for getting me to where I'm who at. Did, who did train you uh, in I, pro wrestling? Well, uh, so originally it all started back in backyard wrestling. So I did backyard wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a certain company out of Vincennes. I just kind of weaseled my way on there. And you weaseled your way I on did, there. Yes, my mom. Did you take like out somebody else? Did. No, I did not. My mom actually, this, I mean, the, the owner of the company, he was a maintenance man. My mom was like a, she does therapy, and she was like going to all these apartment places, and she seen the truck that said like you know wrestling, and she's like, oh, my son does wrestling in the backyard. Can he be on the show? And she's like, oh yeah, not a problem. So I had a match on that show, and I just kind of impressed some people and started training as I go from there, really just by the show. And then whenever uh, an independent wrestler named Bo Sawyer, he took notice mm-hmm. to me. And that's where he took me over to IWAU, and there's trainers of Joey O'Reilly, who's been on AEW and WWE mm-hmm. multiple times. Uh, Josh Totten, he's a, definitely one of the best people in any combat training. So it's all to them. Another case of kind of just making your own opportunity. You yeah. the right place, right time. Uh, you get a chance to jump in. You just kind of go for it and do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to take life by the reins. You know, it's kind of my gimmick too. You got to hop on the saddle and just ride. Yeah, you yeah. Can't yeah wait for it to come to you. I have exactly. a question. What's your sign? What's my sign? Oh, you don't It's know. an astrology thing. You ever oh, get into okay. the astrology, the like the zodiac sign stuff? Le- okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm Leo. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That's yep. what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, I was just, just thinking. Yep. That's awesome. So you, you, you like the spotlight. And I that, do. That's what yeah. she's getting at. Mm-hmm. You enjoy it. I, uh, don't put words in my mouth. I wasn't saying that. <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, because he has a go-getter attitude. And that's, yeah, thank that's you. That's good. Yeah. That's I, good. I guess it's because of the sign. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just always like to ask that. But, yeah. Um, it's not just because of that, but yeah, anyways. We like to take a joke because we're all three different water signs. So oh, really? Cancer, he's a Scorpio, and then we got the Pisces. Mm. So oh, it's like okay. so we, we got a whole crew in here. We got then. the whole, yeah. the yeah. whole wave of emotions. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is definitely going to be a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It always is. <laughs> Yeah, I take no responsibility for uh, <laughs> the things being said after that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, now yes. we know why. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm only one third of to blame for what happens on this show. So, on that note, what what got you into pro wrestling as a kid? Like, what? Oh, man! I, it's just, I assumed you watched wrestling yeah. as a kid. Oh yeah, first. obviously. I started watching. It was actually pretty funny. I had a buddy on the bus, and he's like. Oh, you watch wrestling? And I was like, I was just trying to make friends. So I was like, oh, yeah, I love wrestling. And he's like, who's your favorite? And I'm like, who's yours? He's like, oh, John Cena. I'm like, I love Cena. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's and who I started watching. Went home that night, found out what channel it was on, watched, I think it was John Cena and The Miz because it was a storyline going on. And I just loved it from there. Then I started looking back at the older 90s stuff and I was just like, oh, my God, like the stuff going on TV now is great. But that golden age, like that's the style I love. And ever since, and even in the backyard wrestling, that's the style I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So finally getting to do that as a professional wrestler, I love it. But yeah, it was definitely that, you know, just. I got to ask when you, when you said you do your, your backyard wrestling as a kid, mm-hmm. I did the same sort of yeah. thing. I think every kid that watched wrestling mm-hmm. did that to some effect. Did you at least have a trampoline or was it literally just uh, in the grass? Well, it started a little bit more than that. It, we actually started on the trampoline and it was just, we were actually trying to do it for real. Then we're like, yeah. oh. then we got on YouTube and we see like all these other kids like actually putting together shows and the mm-hmm. editing process and they're getting gear online and having these characters on like, like shoot, I need some cameras, yeah. I need some lights. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's it's exactly what it was. And we started off, and it was just the trampoline, and we had the ladder. It was the top rope. And then we added some posts. <laughs> we added some posts on there with string. But then you kind of realize nylon rope is not really the best for running off or springboarding. <laughs> so it was just kind of the invisible it's hard barrier. To, it's hard to hit nylon It ropes. is. It yeah. is, yeah. But then it got to the point where we actually built a makeshift ring. And I think we were putting like at least $200 into it every week, every time it broke. Oh, man. So we probably had enough money to buy a standard WWE ring by the end of a, yeah. <laughs> but you wanted to do it that bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had live shows. I had, like, there was times I had, we worked the group from South Carolina. We I reached out to him and we put on a show. Up, They came all the way up from South Carolina to Indiana and I promoted the hell out of it. South we, Carolina, Indiana. Yeah, he he came from South I never, Carolina. I never realized Indiana. it was a South Carolina, Indiana. No, South Carolina to Indiana. Oh, 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 These okay. kids, yeah. Like, yeah okay. They had their parents drive right. them at the age of like 15 uh, or 16 <laughs> to Indiana. I promoted it. We had 80 people in my backyard for it. How old were you at this time? 16. 16? Yeah. I think I actually happened to drive by and saw the all the cars, and I saw that ring. Yeah. Because I always drive out by the area, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. by the bridge and stuff. So, yeah, I saw. I think I saw that. That And I I'll, I'll, I had to thank my neighbors for that, too, because it was a lot of, hey, can I use your yard to park yeah. these, like, 40 vehicles back here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a party. It was a party. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. You were 16 years old. You put together your own show mm -hmm. in the backyard. You had yeah. 80 people. Yeah. And you had hooked up with these people from South Carolina mm -hmm. that drove all the way over to help yes. help put on it as well. Yeah, that's a lot of gumption for a 16 year old kid. Yeah, you know a lot of people. Thought Where it was you crazy. get his nerve at, huh? Because he's a Leo. <laughs> watched a lot of Stone Cold matches when I was younger. That's mainly where it came from. He's got that charisma. Yeah, he's a lion. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have something to be able to think, uh, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. when I'm 16. Never yeah. done it before, but yeah, why not? Of course I can do that. It was just great. Like as a kid, like I always had like the belts in my room. And like, I remember just being like really young and like watching Rocky and just having like a dumbbell curl in it. And you're looking at the mm -hmm. WWE spinner belt and you're like, okay, that's going to be me one day. <laughs> yeah. And, it's just, and yeah, it's just like, it was always just something I really wanted to do. I put a lot of passion into it. Even when I was like doing the backyard and I'd be in my garage for hours, like just thinking about things to do, different moves to do, different storylines. And that wasn't even just for myself like i was dragging people just from my class like hey you want to do backyard wrestling hey can i go beat you up on saturday <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> what do you think about that it became a thing where the teacher like the teachers and the parents were like all right stay away from him stay away from that car <laughs> we don't want you in this they feared for their kids lives and you know you got a basketball game this weekend and we are not having any accidents yeah right? exactly yeah <laughs> cannot be taking drop kicks on saturday yeah. we need you for sectional Speaking of drop kicks, you have a really, really mean one. You the shotgun drop kick, yeah. Is that what you call it? The yes, shotgun it drop is. kick. And and I will say that with confidence, nobody has shit on my shotgun. Drop that kick. looks nobody has shit. That thing looks like a shotgun. <laughs> I, I put a lot of umph into that. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw you hit Danny with that and rocket him across the ring mm -hmm. into the turnbuckle. Yeah. Jesus. I was gonna pin him after that, but then I was like, oh, there's a chair here. That looks pretty nice. So yeah. hit him with that. It is a chairs match after just, all. Just a little bit extra. Yeah. You can just pile Insult it on. Insult to injury. I'm a heel. <laughs> that is. Do you ever have anybody get a little mouthy with you in the crowd? Yeah, like, especially like, about, like almost almost mm -hmm. like trouble yeah. kind of stuff. I re I was in a bull rope match a few months ago against Tony Flood, and I loved working with Tony Flood. He's awesome. Uh, we had, after the match, uh, I went to grab a fan sign because she had a sign that said. Tony makes us flood our panties because his name's Tony Flood. Good <laughs> oh, play on no. them on their part, but I went to take the I sign to rip word. it, and her husband shoved me, <laughs> and then I shoved it. him, and it was just yeah, this is how it is. Oh yeah. no, it's part of it. Yeah, riot, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you start hearing some anthrax playing off yeah, the distance. Yeah, it's like, like oh like, boy, don't here trigger we go. me. Yeah, here we go. <laughs>
And so you mentioned uh, going back and watching mm -hmm. stuff once you got into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, were there any people that really kind of caught your eye and kind of inspired you as you got more into it? Oh, uh, my all-time favorite is Bret Hart. I mm -hmm. love Bret Hart's style. I love the methodicalness. I love how it looks real, but also, you know, that's what the big things I always think whenever I'm going into a match. I think shoot, which means think real, then I think work, which, you, you know, we work together. Because wrestling originally started in the carnivals. Mm -hmm. You had like the biggest thing was a strong man come around, see if you can take down this guy. And eventually that guy was just starting to get beat up and beat up after all these shows. So they're like, okay, let's bring in two guys, but have them work with each other. So they're making it look real, but they're not hurting each other. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really where, where it was born. Mm -hmm. It's funny you mentioned that. And you mentioned Bret Hart specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, Bret Hart kind of holds a special place in my heart because... Uh, I was really into magic when I was a teenager yeah. and magic kind of goes back to some of the carny kind of stuff mm -hmm. where you're kind of pulling one over yeah, the audience. You are. A it's bit, hustling. Right? Wrestling is hustling. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, at that young age, I never quite grasped like the performance mm -hmm. aspect of magic, but I was reading Bret Hart's book and I don't remember what the quote was verbatim, but it was something to the effect of that the, the art to pro wrestling was not trying to convince people that it's real. It's mm -hmm. doing it right in front of them and they can't tell which part isn't real. Yeah. And suddenly I was like, that's magic. Yes. Suddenly I got it. Like exactly. this thing that I used, this other thing that I used to like when I was really young through pro wrestling, I realized that's exactly the same sort of it thing. Is, it's, yeah. it's magic. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, it's like that's why we don't reveal our tricks. That's why there's a code of kayfabe. Mm -hmm. A lot of wrestlers, especially nowadays, since like obviously after the Montreal Screwjob and all these other events, the door has been kicked open. But you know, it, I, I'm still a big firm believer of I ride to the you know shows with uh, my trainer Bo Sawyer, and at some shows he's a good guy, and some shows I'm the bad guy. I walk in first, he waits 15, 20 minutes before he comes in, and I make sure I'm away from the vehicle. We treat it that seriously. I treat it that mm -hmm. seriously because. Mm -hmm. Having that illusion, even if like one fan sees it, as long as that one fan believes it, you know, then we're doing something right. Right, yeah. right, right. And uh, again, going back to Bret Hart, when I go back and I watch Bret Hart matches, mm -hmm. uh, exactly what you're talking about, you can still watch a Bret Hart match this day yeah. and, and get into it. Yeah. Uh, there's a cage match with him and Owen. Um, I don't remember what year it was. Mm -hmm. It had to have been sometime in the early 90s. Yeah. But there's a moment where Owen kicks him in the head with an enziguri, and you're just like, good. God, yeah. like it looks like it hurts oh, like hell. He's my like, favorite match of all time is him at WrestleMania 10, Owen and Brett. Yes, yeah. yes. That's another great one. Yeah. But to this day, that match is 30 years old now, oh, and yeah. you can you can still get into those and watch it, and you're just like, yeah. just like you were back then. Well, that's what it is. It's just like they told that story, and like a lot of a lot of it now is just a, a sequence. It's a dance routine, which that's what we're, it is. Wrestling is two wrestlers dancing. We paint uh, art on the canvas with our bodies. Mm. That's just how it is. But mm -hmm. you you got to look at it like the good and the bad. Like I take a lot of the things I do from the Bible, like. Like you said about the magic trick, making that illusion, the mm. greatest trick that Deborah ever pulled was making everybody believe that he didn't exist. Mm. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I'm a firm believer on that. Mm. You were talking about like two guys kind of dancing together mm -hmm. to, to tell a story. Yes. Music is a lot like that, especially you get a group of guys oh, together yeah. that have really, really good chemistry, mm -hmm. which I imagine is kind of similar whenever you, you get to wrestle a guy that you have really good chemistry with. Oh yeah, like with. you can hate each other outside the ring, but then you get in the ring for some reason. It's the exact Brett same thing. It's the exact same thing playing music. There mm -hmm. can be guys that you know, you're not great friends with. They're yeah. not your best pal, but for whatever reason, you have really, really good chemistry. And when that sort of thing happens, Sometimes you can do things and not even ever have to talk about it or no, not even yeah. have to say anything. You just kind of know by what this guy you know, looks mm -hmm. and, and and what he's doing, what's going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, 
again, another just artful magic it kind is, of moment yeah. thing. You're really tuned into the other person's wavelength. And it's just like, I know exactly what he's going to do next. Mm -hmm. And there's opponents like that, obviously, Bo, since mainly because I get my ass kicked in by him all the time. <laughs> you kind of know what's coming next after a while. But yeah, it's definitely, that's what it is. You have any other favorites aside from Brett? Oh, yeah. I'd say probably my top three would be, uh, it'd definitely be, yeah, Bret Hart, Undertaker, and then I'd say Scott Hall. Scott Hall, yeah. very, very topical guy. He just mm. passed away recently, yes. unfortunately. And like a lot of people don't realize, and Dwayne Johnson said it, Dwayne Johnson really studied a lot of Scott Hall's matches. I love Scott Hall from an early age. I mean, I do his discus punch every time I have a match. Yeah. I'm not one of those guys just because the wrestler dies, I start marking out because of him. But no, like Scott Hall, I've always loved Scott Hall. I remember buying like the Razor Ramon DVD set and just being like, oh my God, the, the, like, the promo package they put together where he's like, oh yeah, Chico. And he's got, you know, he's just doing the toothpick and it's just, it was magic. I love yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I've still got a, uh, like a, a pennant of him and Kevin Nash as oh, the outsiders yeah. that's hanging on the wall at dad's house. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause that was, that was where I first saw Scott Hall. I didn't mm -hmm. see a lot of the WWF stuff as a yeah. kid. I, uh, I mostly, I watched WCW on television mm -hmm. and then I would go to the video store across the street here back when they were still running and I would rent the WWF pay-per-views. Yeah. So I saw one television, I saw one pay-per-view and I just kind of pieced things together yeah. from that. But I always knew Scott as the, uh, you know, the outsiders with mm -hmm. the NWO. Yeah. And I really, st I really start, start getting even more and more over on Scott being more of a heel. Cause I study a lot of his stuff cause he's literally one of the greatest of heels. And so is Taker. I just love that methodical style because when a heel's doing something, he shouldn't be doing anything cool because cool stuff makes the crowd pop. Right. Yeah. yeah. You've got to piss them off. And exactly. guys like that, there's not anybody who does it better. Your uh, your your persona in the ring reminds me a little bit of uh, JBL. Oh yeah, well obviously I love JBL. I yeah. love the gimmick. I mean, <laughs> that was a, when I saw you come out to the crowd. Yeah, and immediately just start putting people in their place. That's, yep. that's what it made me think of. Yeah, I love uh, yeah Bradshaw. I mean, like, man, I, lo I love the Larry these people too. are gonna fucking hate him, <laughs> and he does not give a shit. And that's what you're gonna do. Like no matter how good the wrestlers is or not, it's just really how you're interacting with the crowd. You can go out there and like look at uh, Andre and Hogan. How many moves were in that match? Oh, right. Not a lot. And how loud was that reaction? It's the same with Rock and Hogan. Steve Austin has a, a saying that he only knew three moves and two of them were middle fingers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I was watching and WrestleMania did, that 13. that did as much for his yeah. career as anything. Literally, when he'd be selling, he'd just like, you know, look at the crowd and start flipping them off because he's in the pain and it's just they're hating it. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's all what it's all about, connecting with the crowd. You have to acknowledge that they're there. Or they're just not going to react for you. In, in mm -hmm. Steve's first uh, WrestleMania main event against mm -hmm. Sean, WrestleMania yeah. 14, like that match starts. And I don't remember what Sean does, but he comes in the middle of the ring and he kind of peacocks a little whatever at Steve. And Steve just looks at him and just gives him two middle fingers. And pff, already. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> and I love it because Stone Cold was... The biggest thing he always said was never quit running your mouth. And like entrance wise, once you heard that glass oh, break, yeah. he's coming out. And he'll stop in the mud hole. I love it. He's talked shit the entire way yeah. to the ring he's and talking. and doing the whole talking. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I See, another it. guy you mentioned was uh, was the Undertaker. Yeah. Something I always thought was really really cool about him. He had kind of that like Jason Voorhees sort of thing where mm. he didn't. He didn't chase after you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like he knew you couldn't escape. So if you got out and you ran around the ring, he wasn't going to go out and run after yeah. you. He just stalked you because mm -hmm. he. It's like he knew you can't get away from yeah. him. And when I catch you, you're done. It's literally you could see in his eyes that he was measuring every inch, and he was just so cold and calculated. Yeah. And he would sell on the run. Like he'd take something. It was like Jason. Whenever Jason would like get shot in the head or something like that, he wouldn't just you know be dead. He'd stumble, and that's the way Taker was. It yeah, took exactly. a lot to take Taker down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
heard you mention uh, tag teams earlier before we mm-hmm. started rolling. Yeah. And uh, you, you threw out Midnight Express. Yes. You Now, Midnight Express was way before your time. Midnight Express was before my yeah, time. Yeah, and, that, and that's solely just because whenever I got into professional wrestling, seeing all these guys talk about it and everything, and going back and studying old tape, that's really what it's all about whenever you're in wrestling because, I mean, that's the era of wrestling that I love, and it's not like that nowadays, so you're mm-hmm. going to have to go to video stores. I mean, I buy DVDs. Like that's how I watch some of these older stuff. I literally go to Evansville Toys and Games and I'll put DVDs oh, okay, there all yeah. the time. Yeah, I used to stumble across some of that years ago. Uh, there was a place in Evansville, uh, I think it's called Fye. I don't think it's still mm-hmm. in the mall there, yeah. but uh, I found this box set of old stuff from from I think it had to have been from Texas because yeah. it had Steve Austin back when he was stunning Steve. It had Jeff Jarrett and it had McFoley, mm-hmm. Cactus Jack. So it had to have been yeah had to been down in Texas years ago. Uh, and that stuff is really cool to watch. Yeah, so that's that's like probably ECW, WCW kind of days. Yeah. yeah, that would have been, I'm going to guess, I don't remember who bought that. Probably that have been like USWA or something mm-hmm. like that. It would have been probably whenever the Jarrett's got into Texas. Yeah. But that had to have been, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but it had to have been sometime late 80s, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff's so fun to go back it and is. watch. But I'm, I'm betting if you have watched... Um, old midnight express you've probably seen some some rock and roll as well oh yeah i, I love rock and roll express. i heard you mention ricky yeah. morton earlier yeah i'm big on ricky morton anytime it's anytime babyface i always watch ricky morton and especially like my current tag team with johnny poke we're really going for that you know that rock and roll express kind of vibe it will obviously we have the cowboy gimmicks but mm. there's not a better babyface team than that minus the hardys which i love the hardys too i mean that's kind of really yeah what, yeah i grew up watching them so just seeing the team extreme yeah, exactly and seeing them come back now, <laughs> they were the coolest awesome. thing like for me when i was a kid yes like i always like t- would take the socks or whatever cut the socks oh in, yeah yeah, be the yeah. Jeff. <laughs> i mean i was always trying to do swan tons off my camper and backyard wrestling literally uh fractured my scapula because i had the table so close to the camper i jumped off of that i just had to fall head first oh. yeah yeah i think the worst i ever did i had a small table like the kind of thing like you'd, you'd buy for a, a small child. Yeah. Not like a, a full-size table like what we're sitting at here. But uh, I threw myself through that one time, putting on a match in my own mm-hmm. living room. Yeah. Felt so bad about it, but your parents were like, that's fine. You know, it's a small <laughs> table. But what were you doing? It's funny. Our tables were always just setting up two sawhorses and getting like a piece of on or plywood. And I can't <laughs> tell you how many times that thing would not break. It wouldn't break. Yeah, I literally oh. set one guy on at one time. I went to do a swanton off, and it didn't break. And then I took my, the little luchador in our group. I went to power him on it, and it still didn't break. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, probably my other favorite thing to do in the living room, I used to like to uh, uh, do the thing in the turnbuck whenever they used to throw Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels into a corner. They would go in. They hit it so hard they flip up over the top. Oh, I yeah. used to do that going in the arm of the uh, the couch mm-hmm. there in my living room, and you know you tumble over and you just flip and flop everywhere yeah. and really get into it. Oh yeah, you got to do something you know to really drum it up when you're trying to have a wrestling match just mm-hmm. with yourself. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, you really got to use your imagination. <laughs> you, you really have to sell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. We're gonna take a mm-hmm. short break here. We'll come right back. We'll dive into a little bit more wrestling, a little bit more of your backstory. So stay tuned, everybody. We're coming right back. If you want to support the Conscious Effort Podcast, you can go to ConsciousEffortCreative.com, click on Shop, and get your very own Effort t-shirt. And if you use code CEPOD at checkout, you can save 25%. That's the letter C, the letter E, POD, for 25% at checkout. Shop now, ConsciousEffortCreative.com. And now, back to the show. 
Oh. As well. Well, oh, they're somewhere. Are, yeah, those yeah. are over there now. They got they got relocated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's come back for uh, round two. Mr. Clark, I've got to ask because you said it earlier, so I can't let it go. You said you used to do Johnny Cash yeah, impressions yeah, I, or I impersonations. Really mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, was it, was it an impression or was it an impersonate? Were you a Johnny Cash impersonator? Uh, I just kind of, like, I really started, like, I always did choir and stuff like that. Okay. And I, had, I mean, I, I had, like, the pompadour hair, so I loved doing Elvis Presley. Like, then I was doing the Summerfest talent shows. And, like, I'd wear, I'd get, like, I bought, like, a gold suit one year. I had gold oh, shoes. I, I sing, like, blue suede shoes. I mean, they should have been gold, but, you know. <laughs> I did that and just a bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Was this your idea? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I always did it. My my grandpa and everybody they love Johnny Cash. So they're really behind it, you know. Seeing the old singers kind of do stuff. So the, like the, the performer in you goes back, yeah, a long, oh, yeah. long way. Yeah, and I still have no problem. Like I always did theater. I love to act. I love doing little. Whenever I do promos, I like making it look cinematic because I love acting. Mm-hmm. My brother, he's an actor in California. My half brother. So it's just kind of like I feel like it's just always kind of been my thing. You said you're in choir. How many how how many years you're in choir? You singer? Uh, no, I'm graduated now, but I was in choir for five years. Huh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Did you say earlier you also played in band? Yeah, yeah. I was a trombone. Trombone mm-hmm. player. Yeah. You don't find many of those. No. Usually because they don't stick around. That's yeah. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Betsy had posted something about uh, the old band classes, and we won't get into that here, but band is its own weird kind it of is. world. It's, it's own entity. It's like band camp. You don't talk about anything happening. Yeah, there. that's right. Yeah. That's right. And there's there's these different like factions. Yeah. There's like there's the brass, but then there's the low brass, mm-hmm. and the low brass is different from the the trumpet section. Yeah. They're they're there's they're strange people. You ever run any of that sort of thing in uh, like wrestling any kind of like the the groups or the Oh uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a common thing and it always has been like you have your little cliques. But I me and my uh, I guess my clique per se, we've always we're really big on bringing camaraderie back into the locker room. Mm-hmm. So that's just like anytime somebody has a bad match, we never outright say that or anything like that. We always do our part to talk to them and help to them because after a match like that, you're not really want to be put down. You deserve that confidence. You're going in there and putting your body on the line. You shouldn't condemn your fellow worker mm-hmm. like that. So True. we're really big on bringing camaraderie back into the wrestling scene because it's something that's really never been there. Have you ever had a match where you were one of those people that you went out there and, and you knew coming back, like, that didn't go the way mm-hmm. that I went? Yeah. And, and you were on the receiving end of some of that advice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've made mistakes all the time. It's just it's something that will happen. You learn from them. And that's why I'm thankful that my trainers, all the guys I mentioned, they're not like that at all. Like, they're always very supportive. They always pull me to the side. They do their utmost to get me to be better. And they, like, they take notes at what I messed up or they take notes at what I do good. And they always give me feedback. So I really appreciate that with them. Is there, like, a a, a, a learning experience that stands out in your mind? I know you said you've only done this for a couple short years, yeah. but I imagine there's a lot of learning uh-huh. that goes on. Yeah. Uh, just in in that short period of time, is there any like one important thing that that you you feel like played an important role in what you've learned so far? Oh yeah, I'd say this played an important role to, for me to even break out. And it was a uh, I got after I had a rivalry with Bo Sawyer, and it put I put him over. And after that, I was just kind of like having matches. And this guy named Tony Flood, the guy I mentioned earlier, he wanted to work with me really bad. Makes people flood their pants. Yeah, yeah. that guy. <laughs> and uh, ladies, he's recovering from a broken rib right now too. So get well soon, Tony. <laughs> yeah, those sentons on the, they hurt, they hurt. But uh, like I said, uh, I had a, he requested to work with me, and I had a match with him, and it's just like I felt like I didn't do it my best. I messed up some things, and he really seen that I was wanting. He's that old school worker. He likes mm. that old. He loves telling the story, and uh, he really want, wanted to work with me again. He personally like 
he gave me my my finisher now. It's a ripcord lariat, which I love JBL. Like okay, you said earlier, yeah. so that's mm-hmm. where I get that clothesline from. I really want, wanted to have that because you know, look at Stan Hansen. All, I was just going to say, cowboys, I was say it's like lariats. some old Stan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you you almost, you have to be. Do you have man. better eyesight than Stan Hansen though? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I and I don't chew. I don't chew in my promos. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's just that he really showed me how to work that style and just tell a story and that rivalry with him at leading up to a bull rope match and it was the second bull rope match I've been in and it was def it's to this day it's the best match I've had and that was back in December so I'm just really getting started so how many bull rope matches have you had because I I've, I've seen you talk about and, and post about the bull rope matches and I kind of wondered you know is that something that's kind of like your specialty yeah like being it, being yeah. sheriff yeah it seems like well, with the gimmick it makes sense. And uh, my first bull rope match, I was in a rivalry with a, a cow, a, a Lucha Libre cow named Colby okay. Jack. Okay, I've, and, seen, I've yeah. seen Colby Jack. But the thing is, anytime I'm a bad guy, I've been in two, but anytime I'm the, the bad guy, I essentially lose. So I'm, I'm kind of doing the reverse taker streak with it. <laughs> <laughs> but anytime I'm a good guy, I'm hoping I win. That way I can at least keep it like you, that. You, you, know? n- you never win your own signature match? No, yeah, I really don't. I'd be like, was getting buried alive in, yeah. in, in, in your own buried alive match. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You you mentioned uh, Colby Jack being kind of like a lucha libre style. Uh, do you run into a lot of different kind of styles? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Especially being on a weekly show every Tuesday night, you never uh, know who you're going to get booked up against unless it's planned weeks in ahead. Mm-hmm. It's just like last night, I knew I'd probably be defending the title against a former champion, and he's a lot faster paced style. So it's just, and I like those matches because you know you kind of need that. It's the same style really going up against each other. It's not really fun in that. That you can't really dance with that. That's not they they the often say, made. you know, the, the the styles make matches. Exactly. Yeah, and that's like I'd say one of my favorite match types is like seeing the David and Goliath. Mm. Just in that scenario, I really love that. Do you do you find it easy to like adapt to diff guys that have different kind of styles, mm-hmm. or is it something you kind of have to think about? Maybe kind of I don't go through in your head. How do I approach this guy? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's there's styles I don't like to work. But it's just everybody's entitled to their own opinion. They're their own wrestler. They can go in there and put on whatever match they want. Mm. It's, I, I find it all entertaining. It's all wrestling at the end of the day. So it, there should be it should be diverse. So I encourage people to not just do the you know the old wrestling style. They can do whatever they want. It's just mm. that's the style I know and love. It's the style that makes me pop. Like you said, going yeah, back and watching yeah. older stuff like that. That's what brings the kid out of me and the fan out of me to this day. Some of the stuff nowadays it doesn't do that. I will say, like growing up. I watched a lot of WCW, and at that time, like one of the coolest things to watch was like the cruiserweight. Division. Oh, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Eddie Guerrero. Ed all, Mysterio all of that, and the cruiserweight the, division. I loved Eddie it, Guerrero. Yes. They had Ultimo Dragon there for a while. Yeah. They had Psychosis. Tons of different guys, and a lot of those guys had backgrounds either in uh, Lucha Libre or from Japan, mm-hmm. and they did all kinds of different moves that yeah. you didn't see guys from America do. No, yeah, uh, especially like the the high flying kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was not something that you saw no. around here at that time. It was a lot more mat based kind of it wrestling. Was, yeah. Nowadays, you, you see a lot more of that. You see a lot more of the, uh, particularly like the, the Japanese kind of influence. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely, like you said, there's strong style, Japanese strong style, mm-hmm. British strong style. There's so many things. The British stuff always, um, I don't know if I know how to describe it properly, but you can you can tell a British guy when you see him. Yeah, you really can. And it's very hard hitting. I love it. Like guys like Walter and all those matches. Yeah. It's in my opinion, I love. I, I think wrestling should have evolved to that more than what it is today because you know it's it's some pretty good stuff. Yeah, uh, when I think back to guys that I saw as a kid that had a little bit of that British style, I always think they had a lot more of like the, the roles, mm-hmm. like getting in and out of oh, the like catches, some catch reverse. Can yeah, style. exactly. Yeah. Almost a little bit, not quite like uh, 
like an amateur style kind of thing. But mm-hmm. like you said, kind of more like a catch as catch can yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's very different. It is very well. cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever you ever encountered that sort of thing with anybody you wrestled? Oh yeah, like different pinning combinations, catches can. I always do. I love chain wrestling. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's just like it's very fun to do. For people that don't know, can you describe what like a chain wrestling is? So that's just pretty much it's uh it's more of a collegiate style because obviously we're a lot of wrestlers are actually trained in the collegiate style. So which mm-hmm. is the collegiate style being like the high school and the mat wrestling. So it's a lot of those holes and like cha- they call it chain because it's usually done in a sequence. Like you go for a collar and elbow, the headlock there, they can go back behind a hammer lock. So it's all about that sequence. Guy reverses and then you mm-hmm. you move from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not like standing up, trade a punch, hit no. the ropes, yeah. come back. A uh, lot more grappling. Yeah, exactly. Guess, and a lot of guys, they're not really even training grappling. Like they'll go through like the brawling style. Like like you won't really see like Stone Cold Steve Austin, all these guys, they know how to do it. It's just they don't really do it. You watch, yeah. you ever go back and you watch early Steve Austin stuff? Mm-hmm. He could do that. Exactly. And did it very yeah. well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And Andre the Giant, too. Like some of the stuff he could have done. It's See, like crazy. I don't think I've ever seen Andre do that Over sort of in thing. France, whenever he was uh, just going by the Giant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I can't imagine Andre at like seven foot three doing a drop toe hold headlock takeover. Yeah, no, I I cannot see that in my head. He was only the kind that was just like no baby oil slap. Yeah, there went there went Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) You you ever indulge in the baby oil? Oh, I've never done it. No, no, I've never I've never done it. You ever wrestle anybody who has? Yeah, yeah. What's 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 your feelings on that? Uh, it's it's definitely hard to keep a hold on them, but I imagine it, so. It really is, yeah. That and then sweaty pits. That's really that's really. There's nothing worse than getting put in a headlock and you just feel that right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I've I've played basketball for years and years and years, and you you would play with some guys that just, goddamn, they just sweat yeah. to, to beat hell. Oh yeah. And uh, anytime you would, you'd have to defend him in the post, and you're right up against one another. You're just like getting slapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, never, never encountered anybody mothered up in baby oil. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Not a lot of people do baby oil, except Tony Flood. He did do some baby oil, but nothing I didn't mind. You know, he, he was kind of tamed with it. That was just the flood, buddy. Yeah, that was just that was just the flood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that what? wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't his fault. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, while we're on the subject of, of, of kind of explaining some of the terminology, throughout this interview, you've mentioned baby face and heel. Yeah. Again, for people that aren't familiar, can you explain like what those mean in, in very simple yeah. terms? Yeah. Well, so like the baby face being like the protagonist of the story, mm. and that's what it is. Like if there's a baby face and a heel, it's obvious that this isn't just a fight; it's a story too. Mm. And not a lot of people look at it like that. There's a that good too. guy and there's a bad guy. Exactly. You have that pull, but obviously there's matches where it's good guy and good guy, and those are you can do those, but it's a little bit more challenging. But the worst to try to do is a heel on heel because yeah. kind of hard to get a good reaction whenever both guys are getting booed, right? So right, if you hate both mm-hmm. guys that are fighting, you kind of hope that yeah. they each get the shit kicked out. So of them. one of them almost has to play a tweener, and I've had matches like that. And you ha- you really have to get creative in those kind of matches. But the heel always being the antagonist of the story, so it's that con- constant, you know, battle of good and evil, and that's really what gets interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what stories are. It's why movies. It's like wrestling. You have to look at it like an action movie. Yes. We know these guys film this stuff behind the scenes. We know it's not real, but you sit down, you let yourself be in the illusion, you just treat it like an action Exactly. Movie. You know that uh, you know, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible was not real either, but yeah. you can you Except can still... he did do his own stunts. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. But hey, that's, all the guys in wrestling do their own stunts that's too. That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff Hardy does all of his own stunts too. But, exactly, yeah. But still though, again, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of, I had a friend of mine that, 
started to get into some pro wrestling a couple years back, but he just didn't quite get into it. And, mm. and, and so I was trying to explain it to him and he was an actor. And so I told him, I was like, think about it like, uh, like athletic theater. Mm -hmm. Like you're telling a story, but you're not telling a story, you know, reading lines. Yeah. You're telling a story with your body. Yeah. And then something's like, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. And that's that's exactly like what it is. It is. And I really like our setup over at IWAU and Noble on Tuesdays because it's like this old renovated church. And then there's a balcony going around the whole building. And then the fans are all on this one side. Are those some of those videos that I've seen? Is that yeah. what that is? Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like the amphitheater setup because you're feeding all to one side. And that really teaches you how to work angles really well, like especially for TV angles. Mm -hmm. So that's something like I'm always looking at the hard cam. Always, I'm always watching the matches before me. Because if I see something happen that I had planned, I immediately change it. And that's oh. not a lot of things. Because how many super kicks do you see in a match? How many of this? Nobody does that. Yeah. It does matter. Somebody pulls out a chair beforehand, it, it doesn't mean as much as you pull out a chair later mm -hmm. on. You're like, yeah. okay, I've, or I've seen that. a spot or a distraction. You yeah. Don't, yeah. You yeah. always want to do something that's unique or else you're just not going to get noticed. You're trying to tell a different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like being a, a cover band. If the band, before you plays Rage Against the Machine, you're like, well, okay, I can't go up there and play the same song now. Yeah, because they're, they've heard it once. So they're not going to, you know, be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean quite the same thing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, where all do you wrestle and where can people find you? Oh, well. I'm mainly, like I said, over at Lead Pro, Pro Wrestling in Odin, Indiana. We're reaching out to Washington and a bunch of other places. I'm at Envision Wrestling this Saturday. That's a Vincent's company, but it's looking to go other places. Uh, I'm really over in Illinois at a lot of various promotions. Uh, IWAU, IWA Productions. Oh, so you, you venture out of state a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm more of like the Midwest, and I've went down to T Tennessee for CCW to do shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, then they they're a, they call themselves the last territory, so they're originally out of Florida. And they okay. bring in Gangrel and all these guys a lot, but then they have a Tennessee branch, so they just kind of swap back and forth. So okay. it could lead to me going down to Florida and a bunch of other places. So it's just a matter of just working hard, and you kind of have to get road. those reps in. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I don't know. Is OVW still around? They still oh, do yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, they do thir uh, tapings on Thursdays. So guys I know and I've been on shows with, they work at OVW a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been down there for a couple tapings and, mm -hmm. and had a friend that used to uh, to work down yeah. there. I didn't know if they were still around. Yeah, they're uh, on Thursdays on like Independent Wrestling TV. Okay. Yeah, down in Davis Arena in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Well, what else is there uh, around here, like pro wrestling wise, for people to see? Uh, well, like I said, like uh, we've been really deprived in Southern Indiana of really good wrestling, mm -hmm. and that's why this Envision company that me and like I'm I'd like to say I'm not a big part of into it, but like a lot of my friends, like the clique I'm in, mm -hmm. they're the guys that starting it, so I have a really big insight. So. Their sole plan is to bring good wrestling back to Southern Indiana because there just really hasn't been. Like that show in Washington we had the other night, that was the first time in 30 years that wrestling has been that building since Jerry King Lawler's Memphis circuit. Yeah, because really? years mm -hmm. and years wow. ago, uh, Southern Indiana was part of that Memphis circuit. Yeah. It used to come up, and Evansville mm -hmm. was uh, like a weekly spot. Yeah, exactly. And you couldn't go up so far because then you're in Dick the Bruiser's Indianapolis Yeah, you're going to start getting Bruiser It was territory. all turf wars back then, yeah. so that's why yeah. it was like really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, years and years ago, for, for people that don't know, uh, wrestling was not like a national sort of mm -mm, thing. No. You had mm -hmm. different regional promotions, and they kind of it was kind of like uh, like the gangs. Like you had your corner that uh -huh. you work, and then these people have their corner where they work, and we kind of have like an agreement that I'm not gonna go, uh, you know, try to rub elbows with your audience. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna try to take your business. You're not gonna try to take my business. Yeah. 
Um, and the independent circuit, it's, it, I mean, it's like that still nowadays, but it's more, it's more freedom. It's just like you can work, like some promoters will have beef with each other and they might frown upon you for working that person's company. But obviously when you're an independent contractor, you can really go where you want. Are right. Now. So it's definitely not like how it used to be. It's kind of like uh, being in a band and, yeah. and deciding you're going to go play with some other friends mm-hmm. that also have another yeah, band. Yeah, you pretty much make your own bookings, which yeah. they did too mm-hmm. then. But, you know, turf wars, like you said, you couldn't really step into that one place where mm-hmm. literal physical harm could happen to you. That's yeah. how it was. Yeah. Speaking of, of literal and physical harm, uh, and we were talking earlier about like, doing your own stunts and mm-hmm. how, you know, although it is scripted, the 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 punishment you take in the ring is yeah. real like what is that like the next morning after a match it really depends on like since i do it weekly and like whenever you go to training and stuff like that you kind of build almost like a bump callus is what i call it so you get used to it but then there's obviously those one matches kind of like a pain tolerance yeah so then there's those one matches where it's just like okay yeah i definitely had a hell of a match last <laughs> night so the next day is always rough then the no sleep factor because it's just like you're like i'm like traveling two or three hours or three to four hours or five hours sometimes so it's just Mm. then you help set up the show or help tear down the show depending on what time you get there then by the time you get home and all that it's like oh crap it's 2 a.m gotta be up around six or seven for work and then you got stuff like that Mm. it's just you're gonna sacrifice a lot of sleep you're gonna you know sacrifice a lot of time sacrifice a lot of friends and relationships but it's just that's part of it if you want to make to the journey where you're going to be that's just what it requires it is to yeah do that sort in of which thing. you guys know that too that's how the business is in music and any mm-hmm. entertainment business exactly. you have to make those sacrifices you True. like a, a lot of people don't realize that you know you go play a three-hour show at a bar mm-hmm. for the audience it was a three-hour endeavor for the people playing the show it was probably more like eight hours yeah because you had to pack everything up, you had to drive there, mm-hmm. you had to set it all up. You played three hours, you tear it all down, pack it all back up, drive it all back home, mm-hmm. unload it. Then the time that you guys put in to just put on those sets and like the time we put in to train to right, put, exactly. do these matches and make exactly. that set. Yeah, it's a lot. In between all those shows, you're getting ready for the next show. Yeah, yeah. And the next day you might have another and that's just back, you know, cycle repeats. But it's yeah. all worth it to you. Yes, 100%, yeah. Like what makes it like i love it when like especially when i'm a hill and like fans will come up to me and it's just like like a little kid will come up to me wanting my autograph and whenever you're a hill you have to be no but a lot of times i'm just like oh crap you know it still means a lot so i'll sign the stuff but just having stuff like that or like especially when they boo you so loud it's just like that's when you know because they're loving to hate you and it's just yes, that they means hate the world me. yeah <laughs> or especially like when i won the title and it's like i'm a hill at most places i did a little lovey-dovey facebook post like you get like see all the comments and likes so it's just that was really, funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like, lovey I make dovey. a little lovey-dovey face. I did. Photo. I did. I, I've never done it. It's like, hey, first title win, might as well. But then you see all the people like that leave comments on there and give feedback and all that. And it's just like, hey, I'm doing something. And so when you have moments like that or whenever you finally win a title or come over a big hill, that's when you know it all pays off. That's whenever you just find a corner to yourself and you just sit there and reflect and think about from the first camper jump I took. To the you know the pin, <laughs> the pin I just made to win this yeah so yeah. and that's what I think about every time it's, it's a very special kind of moment you try to find your own mm. spot where you can kind of yeah exactly remember that for yourself mm-hmm. yeah and I remember like one of the first big matches I had it was against Bo and uh, he wanted to work me and all that and I'm like God I was scared to death and we were at the Blue Jean Center over like it was almost like in Vincent's I've been there yeah yeah in Rose City Blue <laughs> and, Jean yeah, Center yeah and you know how that building is and yeah. Like, Played basketball in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, played wrestling shows there. Yeah. So that one little back area, there was like a little back room, and everybody was like changing over here on this one area. And I walked in. Not found a very it. big locker room. No, it's not. So I found a little side room. It was like almost like an old bathroom area. And I was in there. I just remember after that match, like literally crying and just thinking, like, man, like I could actually do this. 
yeah, it's, I'm going to mess up. Yeah, it's going to take work, but I know I can do this. And like having moments like that with certain guys, that's why, like I say, yeah, I've made a lot of strides, but not one. I mean, I've put the work in. I will 100% say I've earned it and I've deserved it, but mm. there's definitely been people there that's helped me, you know, along the way. And like my trainer, Bo, trainers, Joey, Josh, all those guys, I can't thank them enough. You got to have them. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work otherwise. Yeah, I think that sort of thing is definitely a two-way street. You know, mm-hmm. nobody ever gets where they're going on their own. There's oh, always no. people there that that help you or give you advice, or even people that are just you know supportive and yeah. pick you up uh, whenever you get down. At the same time, though, uh, you, you can't dismiss that the work that goes into it as well. Nobody ever trips and falls and just gets there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you were saying, it's you drive three, four, five hours to get there. You wrestle. You get up. Uh, you help set up the ring yeah. you tear it all down you pack it back up you drive back home same yeah. sort of thing and and you make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of time yeah of course time that you don't necessarily always get to spend with friends or family mm-hmm. or uh get you know go out and party or whatever and do all the fun stuff that that maybe everybody else might get to enjoy but that's what you do for your passion yeah right i mean it, it just reminds me so much of uh of, of what we do right it's, and, well, that's and what I was telling Kendall. I, I was like, the first WrestleMania was rock and wrestling. You know that that's a reason. <laughs> I, uh, I I really really appreciate that the, the passion that you have for what you do and the lengths that you're willing uh, to go to do it because it it kind of embodies that whole effort thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we try to do as well. And it, it drives you more, especially when like we all come from a small town like this, where everybody's stuck in the same. Uh, you know, let's get a job at Crane, move to Belgrade. Then, yeah, that's Whoa. really what it is. That that's shoot, oh, that's shots it. fired. Wow. That's what everybody thinks. Clayton versus the county. Yeah, <laughs> there's a new sheriff. This is Clark County. It's now. a good. It's a good thing you're healed. It's a good thing you're here. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to end that now. I was was this close to ending it right before, and then he had to call out the entire county. (laughs) I love it. But it's just that rebellious spirit, not wanting to, you know. And you're gonna look that you've like we've obviously like you've probably had family members, friends say like, oh, you guys think you're gonna do that or anything like that. But then you put on a little backyard show with 80 people, and they're like, holy shit, why is he doing that now? What's he gonna do later on? And then that's why I'm like, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So that's why I always took those big risks when I was younger. You gotta do that. You gotta do that. Like I said, I can't think of a better way uh, to wrap up the show. Oh no, that's definitely a good closing. Um, right before we go, <laughs> where can people find you? Where can they follow you at? Oh yeah, on Instagram, I'm at Clayton underscore Clark dot Sheriff. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm Clydesdale underscore Clark Sheriff. Pretty much the same thing. In Facebook, you can find me at Clayton Clark. I'm at Elite Pro Wrestling, Envision Wrestling, Stripe Pro Wrestling, IWAU. Look on the flyer. If you see my face, I'm there. All right. Sounds great. We'll make sure to put all that in the link there. That's a nice graphic where people can go find you and oh, yeah. click all that and follow you. And until next time, yeah. thanks for tuning in to the podcast, everybody. We'll see you.